Good evening, everyone. Tonight's class is titled Truth is Forever, Part 2. And when we look into the idea of truth, out of the three forefathers, which one of the three exemplified and stood for truth the most? We touched upon last, last week. Yaakov. Why? Because... Excuse my uh, handwriting. Avraham was chesed. Avraham was kindness. We know he gave Jew, non-Jew, good, not good. Everyone was welcome. Yitzchak was givura. Yitzchak was stringency, was strictness. He was a tough guy. In a good way. But he was still strictness. Yaakov was the middle. Tiferes, Yaakov was beauty. And if you're familiar, when you do, when you set up the tense of he wrote, one of the methods that we've discussed before can be in three triangles. And Yaakov comes out in the middle. Yaakov is called truth. Where do we find that Yaakov has no limitations? Truth, we said, has no limitations. It's everywhere. Where do we find that Yaakov has no limitations? In the beginning of last week's Parsha, Hashem turns to Yaakov Avinu and He says, Ufaratsta Yama Vakedma Vitsafaina Vanegba. Chapter 28, verse Yudalit, verse 14. The Pasuk says, Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. Ufaratsta Yama Vakedma Vitsafaina Vanegba. They're going to spread out to the east, west, north, south. And because of you, the entire world will be blessed. And because of your descendants. Yaakov was blessed to go in all four directions. No limitation. <coughs> Yaakov is called Bereach HaTichon. And I'd like to show you, unfortunately I only have a small picture here, we could pass it around. But if you're familiar with the tabernacle, with the Mishkan, how many poles were there make, stabilizing the Mishkan? The Mishkan was made out of beams. Numerous beams, there were sockets. But how many poles were running throughout the entire length of the Mishkan, stabilizing it? The answer is three. 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 There, there was one on top, one on bottom, one in the middle. But, and again we'll pass it around, the one on top and bottom were poles that ran along the outside of the, of the beam. Along the outside of the beams, there were two poles running along. In the middle, the middle pole, the, the middle beam actually went through the poles. Again, we'll pass it around, but the middle beam is going through all of the poles. So far, so good? Yet, a miracle happened. What's the miracle? The two outside bars the top and bottom, there were numerous bars put along. Each side, right, there was three sides to the Mishkan, the front was open. So each side had different bars. It wasn't one long bar going around. Different bars. The middle bar, the Briach HaTichon, we learned was a miracle. They would stick the bar in, and all of, somehow it would go through and bend and go one, one pole, and it was able to just follow along. A miracle the Talmud shares. And that is Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is called that middle bar. 
that just goes through every single thing. If it's true, it's going to be able to be everywhere. But if we'll just pass this around again to the top figure. If you want to pass it around, you'll see the top and bottom bar were on the outside and the middle one went through the middle of all beams and was able to naturally curve. Truth. Yaakov is truth. But this leaves us with a big problem. If Yaakov is truth, that means that Abraham and Isaac, Avram and Yitzchak, are, not, are, are, are liars. <laughs> I mean, that's quite a brave statement. These were different poles than what supported the Aaron Kodesh at that point. Not the Aaron Kodesh. The Aaron Kodesh was the holy, was the um, Ark. We're not talking about the Ark here. We're talking about the Mishkan, okay. the whole, the entire structure. All right, yeah. thank you. So does that mean that Avram and Yitzhak were liars and only Yaakov Avinu was truth? God forbid. God forbid. What we, what we see here is this is proof for what, what we discussed last week. That although the Bainani is not able to have constant love, is not able to have constant, um, constant love that is displayed within him, but being that he has the ability to constantly awaken it, that is his truth. Last week we said that there is something called your truth, where you're able to be. That means just because Yosef can't be David, that's not a bad thing. You be Yosef and you be David. We all know the famous story. Of Reb Zushevani that he said when he's going to come to Shemayim, they're not going to ask him why he wasn't like Yaakov. They're not going to ask him why he wasn't like Yitzchak, why he wasn't like Avram. They're going to ask him, why weren't you Zushe? Is everyone familiar with this story? Mm. Let me say it again, because it's an amazing story. Reb Zushevani was talking to his disciples and he said, oftentimes we say, when you turn to your child and you say, when are you going to be like so-and-so? We have like images in our mind who we need to be like, who our children need to be like, who our spouses need to be like, whatever it is. So Rebzushev Anipali said, when you come to Shemaim, they're not going to ask you, were you like Avraham Avinu? Were you like Yitzchak Avinu? Were you like Yaakov? They're not going to ask you, were you like Dr. So-and-so? Were you like Rabbi So-and-so? They're going to turn to you and say, Maisha Mendel, were you Maisha Mandel Hornstein? That's going to be their question to you. They're not going to ask you anything else. They're going to say, Melissa Bloom, are you Melissa Bloom? But it's a very deep question, Maisha Mendel. <laughs> it's, did you fulfill your potential? With respect, Rebbe, after <clears throat> we're through with this class, we should say, are you a Benoni? Have you become your Benoni? Because that's what we're going to learn in this chapter and the next. And the next. That there is your Bainani. There is your capabilities and that's all you need to be. Nothing else. And that is Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, of course, he was the ultimate truth. But then, each and every one of us have our level of truth. And that's what we're going to go inside now and learn and discuss. We're going to learn how there is the ultimate truth, but then is... But then there is also our truth. We're on page 58 in the Tanya. We're in the middle of the end of chapter 13. Page 58, end of chapter 13, right-hand column. Smack in the middle of the column it says, For truth is the attribute of Jacob. If you have it, if you don't mind just raising your hand so I know we got it. Good, good, good. For truth is the attribute of Jacob, page 58. Here we go. 
We're now going to talk, like I said, about the ultimate truth of Yaakov Avinu. Oh, I, for I forgot to say something very important. Why were, Yaakov, were Avram and Yitzchak not the ultimate truth? We said Yaakov was the ultimate truth, but Avram and Yitzchak were not. Why? Because the ultimate truth doesn't have refuse. The ultimate truth doesn't give birth to Yishma. The ultimate truth doesn't give birth to Esav. The ultimate truth gives birth to only Tzadikim. And we learn about Yaakov Avinu, we say, Mitaso Shalema. His bed was complete, and it's an expression, all of his children were Tzadikim. That is truth. The ultimate truth, though. Remember, Avram and Yitzhak, of course they were true. But the ultimate truth, that you are true, and everything that's coming out is truth, that's Yaakov Avinu. For truth is the attribute of Jacob, truth is the attribute of Yaakov, who is called Briachaticho in the middle bolt. Remember that middle bolt within the within the Mishkan, which secures everything from end to end. It just goes. It goes through all three sides, from the highest gradations and degrees to the end of all grades. If you are truth, you are you. You're at the top, you're at the bottom, you're everywhere. If you're not true, then you're only, one, you're only in one place. But if you are true, now of course we as human beings can't be everywhere. But if you are true, you are the same exact person everywhere. If you're holy and shul and you're someone else outside, that's not truth. Truth is everywhere, from the highest to the lowest level. And in each level and plane, truth fixes its bolt through the most central point. In other words, which is the point and quality of its attribute of truth. Truth is the essence of everything. There are thousands of levels. And in each level, the middle of it, the essence of it is truth. Truth is the makeup of everything. The attribute of truth is an unabounded inheritance which has no limit upwards to the highest degree. If you are true, there is nothing stopping you to the top. Because you're connected. Remember, the truth is the middle. Truth is one big pole. But, within each level of truth, the lower level is nothing. Remember how we said each person has his own personal truth? Well, if you are on a higher level of truth, if your ability is greater, and you do what someone else can do, although for that person it may be true, you're, you're not a success. You know, in, in Hayom Yom, the, the Rebbe shares, he says, if someone is meant to be a diamond, someone who finds diamonds, and he goes and becomes a baker, he has not fulfilled his mission. And yet if someone is supposed to be a baker and he goes to find diamonds, he hasn't either fulfilled his mission. Each and every one of us have our mission. But we all have to find our truth. And the higher level of truth looks down to the lower level and says, that's not true. Hmm. While all lower levels are as nothing compared with those that are superior to them.
<clears throat> Again, each level looks to the lower level and says, no. That is not true. Yes, David. Is it fair to say that in speaking of Jacob as being the essence of the truth, that we move from Jacob to Israel as the witness of the supreme nature of the Almighty and everything that the Almighty <coughs> has given us is the truth, and therefore we bear witness to it? Yes. Or is that too big a leap? Let's leave it for right now. There's truth to it. <laughs> well, there's, well, let's, uh, I don't... Okay. <laughs> I'd like to share with you a Gemara Chagiga 13a. If the Alter is going to momentarily quote it, I just want to preface. Fascinating story. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, the king responsible for the destruction of the first temple. He proclaimed himself God. And I'd like, I'm going to quote the Talmud. I'll read it, I'll read it the, way, the way it says it. It is taught, Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai, leader of the generation, at the time of the destruction, he said, Nebuchadnezzar gets up and he says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. He says, basically, I am God, says Nebuchadnezzar. Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai says, what did the heavenly voice come out and respond to this proclamation, I am God of Nebuchadnezzar? A baskel, a heavenly voice, comes out and says, A wicked man, son of a wicked man, grandson of Nimrod, the wicked who stirred the whole world to rebellion against me when he was king. That's the introduction. Comes the heavenly voice and says, How many years are you going to be alive? How many years? Well, it's a clear passage. Shivim shana vim shana. We say every day, every week on Shabbos, we say the years of man are 70. If you're lucky, 80. 80 years old. Okay. But the distance, so now the heavenly voice continues and it says like this. From here until Hashem's chariot, until Hashem's heavenly throne, there's seven heavens. That's why, that's why Echad, within the let, when we say Shema, we say Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is our God, Hashem Echad, Hashem is one. And when you look in the name one, you see how Hashem is one. Aleph is the numerical value of one, Hashem is one. Ches is the numerical, Echad is made up of three letters, Aleph, Ches, and Dal. Aleph is the numerical value of one, Hashem is one. Ches is a numerical value of what? Eight. 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 Why? Because Hashem is one in the seven heavens and on this world. Dalit is a numerical value of? Four. Because Hashem is everywhere in all four corners. Aleph, he's one. Where is he one? In Ches, in the seven heavens and in this world. And Dalit in all four directions. Okay? So the the, the heavenly voice continues and says, let's talk about how, how many years it would take for you to come to heaven. You say you're going to come to heaven. Let's, let's discuss it for a minute, Nebuchadnezzar. From where you are until the first heaven is a, a travel of 500 years. Each heaven is the length of 500 years. Okay, so how many years do we have so far? 
Let's try again. Our, so you need to travel from here to the first heaven, 500. Each heaven is 500 years. 3,500. And between each heaven is 500 years. And then, from the highest heaven until the chariot of Hashem is 500 years. We're up to a total of 15 separate sections of 500. What's 15 times 500? Uh, 30,000. The Merkava. The Merkava. It's a secret. But the heavenly voice continues and it says, no, no, it's not only 7,500 years to come, to come to Hashem. The feet of the four corners of Hashem's chariot, just the feet, let me read it to you. It, I, you won't believe it unless I quote it. <laughs> I need someone to do the math. Who's good at Mishmele? You're good at math? Okay, we're going we're gonna to test Maisha Mendel. If someone wants to use a phone, we'll see who gets it right. Here it goes. Are you using a phone or are you using your head? <laughs> yes. Above, we're up to 7,500 years. Above them are the holy living creatures, right? Above all seven heavens are the living creatures of Hashem's chariot. Are you all familiar with Hashem's chariot? Hashem has a chariot, each four sides. Above them, above all seven words, are the holy living creatures. The feet of the living creatures are equal to all of them together. How many years do we have so far? Plus 7,500. So 15,000. The ankles of the living creatures are equal to all of them. The legs of the living creatures are equal to all of them. The knees of the living creatures are equal to all of them? The thighs of the living creatures are equal to all of them? 240,000. The bodies of the living creatures are equal to all of them? 400. The necks of the living creatures are equal to all of them? The heads of the living creatures are equal to all of them? <laughs> the horns of the living creatures are equal to all of them. Anyone still following? 3.6 million. 3.6 million years, says the Talmud, to get from here until above them is a throne of glory. Is that at the speed of life? No, wait, wait, wait. We're not done. The feet of the throne of glory are equal to all of them. Where are we now? Okay. The throne of glory is equal to all of them. 14.4 The king, the living and eternal God, high and exalted, dwells above them. I don't know the math. Did anyone follow? Where are we up to? 14.4 million years to get from here, if, if so to speak. Of course we can't. But nonetheless, the heavenly voice turns to Nebuchadnezzar and says, 14.4 million years it takes to come to heaven. Continues the heavenly voice. Yet you say, I'll ascend to the clouds. I'll be like the Most High. No. You're going to go down to the netherworld, to the uttermost parts of the pit. 
story of, of Nebuchadnezzar saying he's coming to heaven and a heavenly voice says within 70, 80 years you're not getting too close to the 14.4 million. million years that you need to reach. Okay. Fascinating. The important point is not to reach the goal, it's to pursue the journey. <laughs> well, not if you're a wicked man. Yeah. But yes, I, I, I agree with you that each one of us has to do our best. But why did I bring in this Talmud? Let's go now and see what Reb Shneer Zalman quotes this story for. He didn't quote it for our mathematicians to do their math. Which, by the way, just to reiterate, here you see another instance where in the Talmud everything is there, math included. Here we go. We're now going to do the brackets at, on page 58, last four lines. As is known to the students of Kabbalah, that the quality, which is, as it were, the head and intellect, remember, intellect is the highest emotion, is the highest of the um, attributes. So the quality, which is, as it were, the head and intellect of lower grades, is inferior to the so-called souls and feet of the grades above them. The head of a lower world is lower than the feet of a higher world. Com compare the statement of our sages, the feet of the chayot measure up to them all. Remember we said the feet of the animals on the heavenly throne are the entire time of everything below it. So, based on this story in the Gemara Chagiga, we were reiterating this point that once you reach the higher level, everything below you is nothing. So let's gather together. Where are we holding? Where are we holding? We're saying that truth is the innermost part of every single thing. And yet, when you get to a higher level, if you're stuck in the past, you're nowhere. Literally. If you're stuck in the past, if you're at the height of the previous level, you're not even at the souls of your current level. It's a very powerful level, a very powerful idea, Yeshua. Again, if we're stuck in the past, we could be at the height of our glory. We could be, to quote, we could be at the head of a lower grade, but we're not even reaching the soul and feet of where we currently need to be. That is truth. Truth is something that's in every level we have to find our place and yet at the same time we always have to know that there's something greater above us. So we as Bainanim, if you're a tzaddik, you're allowed to raise your hand now, but all the rest of us, as, as a Bainanim, we need to know that we all have our own truth. Raise, raise your hand, raise your hand. We all have our own truth. We have to find it and constantly grow. Any questions? Did you say um, if we're stuck in the past or if we're stuck in the past? If we're stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. That means we could... And if we previously we, are, we achieved the truth of a certain level, the second we go further, if we're going to keep on remembering how we reached truth, but we're currently, in this, we're currently nowhere in our current level. If we keep on looking back, we're never going to go fur further. You know, they say that um, a rabbi walks into a big a, a restaurant and he turns to the man and he says, Hey, is this restaurant kosher? 
The man says, what a... That's, this is so rude of you. Look on the wall. You see my grandfather. This is my grandfather. And look at this picture. That's... So the rabbi says, ah, he said, if you were on the wall and your grandfather was here, then I would eat here. But if your grandfather's on the wall and you're here, each and every one of us, we have to take where we are and constantly grow and keep on looking further. Any other questions? The Alter Rebbe demands from the Benoni that he pursue his individual truth at all times. Yesterday's heaven should be today's earth, and he must know that there is a truth still higher than this. There you go. There you go. Thank you.